Hello, and welcome to the IP Podcast, brought to you by Danes, one of Europe's leading firms of specialist patent and trademark attorneys. The IP Podcast is all about intellectual property and how IP can add significant value to startups and SMEs, particularly when they're looking to grow and finance that growth. So if your company is investing in patents or trademarks, or considering doing so, then this podcast is for you. We'd love to hear from you on what areas of IP are important to your business. So please email us at info at and we'll aim to cover these issues in a future podcast. Also, if you do enjoy this podcast, please remember to subscribe for future episodes. Hi there, my name is Ollie Bonser and welcome to this episode of the IP podcast. I'm delighted that Mark has joined us once again, as today we're going to be discussing the patent application process and how to go about making a patent application, which is pretty much bread and butter for all patent attorneys. Hi, Mark. How are you and how's your week been? Hi, Ollie. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Had a good week so far. Probably my non-work-related highlight of the week was the launch of the SpaceX rockets, taking astronauts to the International Space Station. So maybe we can talk a bit about that at the end of the podcast. So let's make sure we leave a bit of time for that, but let's crack on with today's topic. Yep, good idea. So the first question, Mark, what is a patent application? Stating the obvious, a patent application is an application for a patent. To explain a bit more, a patent, once granted, gives the owner a monopoly for their invention, and this can be used to stop other people making, selling, and using their invention. So the filing, as we call it, or the submission of a patent application to the patent office starts the application process and forms the basis of a patent. Is there a set format that a patent application has to follow? Initially, no, but ultimately, yes. So to get a filing date in the UK, that's the date on which you've submitted your patent application to the patent office, you just need to submit something that looks like a description. It's definitely something we wouldn't advise doing, but it satisfies the basic requirements. For a properly written patent application that satisfies all these requirements, there are four main parts that we include in what we call the specification of a patent application. First is the background section, and this is a discussion about the field that the invention lies in and the problems that the invention that we're talking about is seeking to solve. After this, follows the description, the main description of the invention. And this is where the invention is discussed in detail, explaining both its main and optional features, as well as giving some examples of how the invention is put into practice. A patent application also generally includes some drawings or figures, and they're used to help illustrate the invention. You know, a picture paints a thousand words and all that. Then the last main part of a patent application is the claims. These claims set out the main definition of the invention. Okay, so the four sort of parts to the the application, are these all equally important or is one more important than the others? 
I'd say that while an application needs to have all of those sections, the claims are probably the most important bit. So they provide what's hopefully a concise definition of the invention and set out the scope for the legal monopoly over the invention that's being sought from the patent. It's those claims that are then searched and examined by the patent offices to see if they're willing to grant a patent for the invention. Once the patent's been granted, those granted claims then define the legal scope of protection afforded by the patent and so set out what constitutes infringement of the patent by a third party. Okay, so that's what kind of is included in a patent application. Can you just talk us through about the actual patent application process itself? Sure. So at a very basic level, there are probably four main stages to the lifetime of a patent application between the actual submission and a grant of a patent. So first of all, there's the creation or drafting of the application. Then there's the filing or submitting the patent application to the patent office. In between that and then grant, there's examination of the application. And then hopefully, finally, that results in the grant of a patent. And just to go back to one of our earlier podcasts where we talked about invention capture process, how do these stages fit into that? So these stages are after the invention capture process. So the first drafting stage follows that initial invention capture process. With clients, generally I would sit down with the inventors to discuss through the technical details of their invention ideally using an invention disclosure form that they've completed prior to that meeting, and that would form the basis of our discussion. That allows me, as the patent attorney, to go away, draft the specification for the patent application, and that involves writing the description and the definitions of the invention that go into the application in the format that we've discussed. Once that text of the specification for the patent application has been agreed with the inventors, we can file the patent application and that's this specification along with some official forms. We can file that at the patent office. An examiner, a patent examiner in the patent office will then handle that application and search and examine it, essentially to make sure that the invention being claimed in the application satisfies the requirements to be granted a patent. Okay, so a couple of things on that. So first of all, what are these requirements? The basic requirements for a patent to be granted is that the invention being claimed in the application is both new or novel, as we call it, and involves what we call an inventive step. And that inventive step is to make sure that the invention isn't obvious compared to things in that field that have been done previously. If the invention being described in the application satisfies these main requirements, along with some other more detailed legal requirements, then a patent will be granted. The examination process can become relatively complicated and lengthy, sometimes spanning a number of years. And so that's something that we can cover in a later episode. And as I said, if all of these requirements are satisfied, a patent office will grant you essentially rubber stamp a patent for your invention. Okay. And the second thing you mentioned was you would kind of draft the application and start writing the application. What kind of things can you as a patent attorney help with during the, the actual process itself? 
we can hopefully help with all of it. So that's the way that we like to work with clients to guide them through that whole process and, you know, sort of navigating them, holding their hand through that both from the very start, the invention capture, through the drafting process, up through examination to grant. Because at times during that process, it can get quite complicated and we're experienced in handling all of the steps in that process. The drafting of the application is probably the biggest thing and the most important thing and where we would spend most of the time working intensively on a patent application. After that, things happen sporadically over a number of years. So at, at that drafting stage, we'd work to write the patent application in the right way. We'd set out the definitions of and the description of the invention in a clear and methodical way, make sure it conforms to all the requirements of patent law, both in the UK and such that it's suitable in multiple different countries where our clients might want to obtain patent protection. And also to have lots of different options, such as to be flexible to the rigours of patent examination before different patent offices around the world. So as you can probably imagine, this is quite a skilled job and involves lots of both scientific and legal expertise and takes us as patent attorneys many years to perfect. We would also liaise with our clients at this initial stage to make sure that we write the patent application in a way that helps them achieve a desired commercial outcome that's of benefit to their business. Because most of the time, our clients see their patents, their patent portfolio as business assets. So we want to make sure that we're adding value to that process and those assets for them. So for example, we'd look at what our clients are making and selling or what services they will be offering. And then we'd write the patent application to focus on the various aspects of the invention that they've come up with to match those commercial objectives. And this hopefully maximizes the scope of protection that the patent once granted will give to our clients and as much as possible, stop their competitors from doing similar things. Because in that way, that's what brings them most value. After the patent application has been filed, we then also assist our clients on an ongoing basis by explaining the patent process to them about what things can and can't be done, when things can and can't be done, for example. As we'll get on to again in later podcasts, there are lots of different options and ways that you can exploit the patent system for your benefit. When the application is actually going through that application process, we'd also then guide our clients through that, explaining any objections that patent offices may raise and suggesting recommending ways as to how we might overcome those objections. Again, we'd look at our clients' commercial objectives and try and match the strategy that we're recommending from the patent point of view to those commercial objectives. Okay, thanks, Mark. On to a couple of questions which I'm sure everyone wants to know the answer to. Time and money. First of all, how long will all this take? I think, Ollie, these, these are not necessarily straightforward questions. And for both of them, I'm probably going to say, you know, it depends how long is a piece of string. So as you may have appreciated, both the application and examination process for a patent is not always straightforward. It can depend on what uh, patent offices thinks of your application. It might just depend on the workload of a particular examiner. 
Some applications can go through quite quickly. If you're lucky, you might be able to get a granted UK patent within a couple of years. Often it will take longer and it can stretch out for a number of years if a patent office, for example, has a number of different objections that need addressing. It also differs between different countries. So some countries are faster than others at examining patents. They work to different timescales. And so it can depend on the filing strategy that you take for your application. And we we can get on to the different options that are available to you, particularly for protecting your inventions in multiple different countries in a later episode. However, we've generally seen over the last few years that patent offices around the world have been trying to speed things up a bit. So there've been various initiatives that the various patent offices have been implementing. And so as a general guide, I'd say that if you apply for patents in multiple different countries, it might be reasonable to expect that a good number of them would be granted within about five years. But for some countries, it can definitely take longer. Okay. And secondly, what kind of costs are involved? So again, it very much depends. I'd say that getting patents isn't cheap and that's because of all the work that's that's involved and it being a highly skilled job. So drafting the application and lodging it, filing it at the patent office, we'd say that typically costs several thousands of pounds of our professional charges and that would depend on the complexity of the subject matter of the invention. So an invention that's a simple mechanical device might be cheaper to draft a patent application than for a quantum computing invention. This might sound like a lot of money, but we'd say that that's a very good investment to make at this initial stage. And why is that? Why is it such a good idea to to make such an investment so early on? It's because that drafting a good application is often most the most important part of the process and it stands the application in good stead for the rigours of the patent application and examination process before the various different patent offices across the world. The drafting of a patent application involves lots of specialist legal and scientific knowledge. And if you don't get it right, you can often be in all sorts of trouble later on. Sometimes that's very difficult to sort out because it's you can't add new content to an application after it's been filed. We sometimes see clients coming to us that have either had an application that they've drafted and filed themselves or that's been badly drafted by someone else. There may be a whole variety of reasons for that. And it can be difficult to sort that out. And that's because, as I mentioned, you can't add to the content of the application after you've submitted it to the patent office. You have to work with the original disclosure. And also, badly drafted patent applications are likely to attract more objections from patent offices. So it can take longer to sort out. It can be more expensive. So for all of those reasons, we'd definitely recommend investing in a well-drafted patent application to start with. Okay. And are there any other fees, any kind of hidden fees to pay in addition to professional charges? So there would generally be some official fees charged by the patent office to pay when you file an application. The UK, I would say, is a good country to file an initial application in because the official fees are relatively low. 
So, for example, you can file a patent application and request an official search of it for only £210. That's all that the UK Patent Office would charge. The fees for drafting and filing the application aren't the only costs involved. It's very important to, to state that. Taking a patent application through the whole examination process, getting it granted, then keeping it in force through payment of renewal fees can also result in a similar level of cost, so several thousands of pounds. And then this multiplies if you're wanting protection in multiple different countries. And that's because separate applications are required in each different country. Again, that's a subject for a a future podcast that we can discuss. Okay. Finally on this, Mark, can I start selling my invention once the patent application has actually been sent to the patent office? The short answer is yes. In a previous podcast, we discussed the concept of confidentiality and how important it is to keep your invention secret before you've submitted your patent application to the patent office. And that's because publishing details of your invention before the patent application has been filed jeopardizes you obtaining a patent for your invention. However, once the patent application has been filed at the patent office, you're free to allow details of your invention into the public domain without that prejudicing your right to obtain a patent. So yes, you can, once you've filed your patent application, you can start selling and marketing your invention. Great. Thanks for that, Mark. Hopefully that's given our listeners a bite-sized introduction to the patent application process. So Mark, before we sign off, what's caught your eye in the IP world this week? Going back to an issue that we talked about in a previous podcast, I know we've been hopping around talking about previous and future podcasts, but in one episode, we talked about Dabus. This was the AI system that had been named as an inventor on some pattern applications. And I've noticed that just recently an appeal has been filed at the European Patent Office against the decision that the office came to on Dabus not being able to be named as an inventor on a patent application because it isn't a human. Appeals at the European office notoriously take quite a long time to get to a final decision, but we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on it and we'll report back when they've made a decision, but that might be a number of years. I'm sure we'll still be here, Mark, to report back on it. At the start of this podcast, you you mentioned we briefly discussed the recent launch of the SpaceX rocket. Where and how did you watch it? So because of lockdown, I gathered with some friends over Zoom and we watched it with our kids over Zoom and had a chat about it. And we really found it quite exciting because... To me, it's opening up space travel commercially and shows that private companies such as SpaceX, and I think Boeing are also in the pipeline to provide such launch capability, can exploit these new technologies for space travel. And as we saw from the the broadcast of the launch, the Dragon capsule, that SpaceX capsule with its touchscreen controls, really looks quite cool. Very cool. And I agree, there's definitely something really exciting about space exploration or space travel. I was um, in Florida on a family holiday when I must have been, I don't know, 12 or 13. And we'd been to look around the Kennedy Space Center at Cape Canaveral, which in itself was amazing. And actually that night, we saw the first ever nighttime space shuttle launch. We watched it from our hotel window at about 2.30 in the morning. We had the TV on in the background for kind of close-ups. And it was all just kind of really exciting and certainly one of those 
childhood memories, which has, has certainly stuck with me. Wow, that that sounds amazing. It was, I and mean, it genuinely was. But what about IP of technology in space? That's a very good question, Ollie. <laughs> so the the protection of IP in space is a whole topic on its own, and I don't think we've quite got time to talk about it now, but we can definitely cover that in a future podcast because it, it has some interesting things to talk about. Well, I'm looking forward to that already. Thanks, Mark. No problem at all, Ollie. And if anyone wants to contact me about the patent application process or any aspect of IP, please email me at mbell at danes.com. Thanks, Mark. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to get a patent actually granted. So hopefully everyone can join us when you have time. Bye for now. Thanks, Ollie. Bye, everyone. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the IP Podcast, brought to you by Danes. If you'd like to contact us about any IP-related issues, please email us at info at danes.com or contact us via LinkedIn, Twitter or Facebook or visit our website, danes.com. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already.